Welcome back to episode 77 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and here are some of the topics we discuss today. First up, we go over the state of the world and the Bitcoin rally. Next, what is the optimal open world gaming mechanic? Then, can we make an ERC-1155 token as a gaming mechanic in Decentraland? And finally, we rant about conspiracy theories and the scientific method. All right, let's listen in. So, Willis, hey, man. you didn't miss the intro this time. Well no, done. we didn't. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, we were just talking about how last time we didn't do the intro because we were just having such a good conversation. I just hit record. Well, what was the conversation? Do you remember? Were we talking about the end of the world? We were talking about the end of the world, yes. Okay. Well, it's been a week. It's a week later and the world did not end. And apparently <laughs> I was totally wrong about the price of cryptocurrencies. And yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, I was expect. I mean, I said... For the short-term traders, like be mindful of like all the macro shit going on in the world, but it doesn't necessarily mean like tomorrow everything's gonna collapse, right? Yeah. No, I like, mean that's, that's not what I was saying. We had that conversation, <laughs> and then I think like the next day or two, Bitcoin went like from, literally the next day, Bitcoin just came alive. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin's yeah. like fuck off, dude. I'm not worried about the world status. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Bitcoin I mean, if chilling. if you go back to the nonlinear regression curve, the the one that I believe in, I don't know if you believe in that, right? I mean, it's 10 years of data. That's, uh, and yeah. It's pretty persistent. It's pretty consistent. It's like hard to dispute <laughs> until it fails completely, which yeah. it hasn't. Which it's, it hasn't. It's, it's 10 it's years. Yeah, um, it totally bounced off like a very, very peak bottom of like the, you know, that little moon chart. Yeah. And I also did, uh, you know, the meme lines disregarding yeah, meme lines. the 100 year pandemic. And uh, it's right on track, dude. This is, it's on track. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. Maybe like, I don't know, a year ago when we were first starting this podcast, we were kind of like talking about like, you know, projecting like this, it's going to do this, it's going to do that. And then we're, we're like halfway there. Yeah. You know, and it's it's doing pretty much what we were talking about, you know. Yeah. But we're not the only ones. That's, that's, what, that's where my skepticism lies, dude. Like everyone's looking at this same shit, the same chart. Yeah, and they're saying very, pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, so it, it makes me skeptical. Like, There's no way but you know what? right, dude. You know, <laughs> you shouldn't be skeptical because those people that you're listening to that are saying basically almost the same thing that we're saying, um, they're so far the minority like compared to the vast population. The vast population isn't paying attention yeah. to Bitcoin. Yeah, it seems just, like everybody is just because we're in this bubble, this echo, echo, echo chamber. But yeah, it's like being, it's like we're all board members to, like a big future Fortune five hundred company, right? Like we yeah. all believe in the company. Yeah, we exactly. All yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's a good analogy. Yeah, like we all know what's going on, and we know where it's headed. Yeah. that's why we're you know part of the the board investors like early on. So we're all going to get rich and. Or else we wouldn't be a part of that team. Yeah. But to the outside world, they just don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't even know. They just don't know. So one day, like, it'll be in front of them, like, you know, because the price will be so high. They have no choice. Kind of like, 
like what Tesla's going through right now, right? Like everyone has forced to notice Tesla. <laughs> but, ten, but 10 years ago, nobody gave a shit. Yeah, you know? that's true. You know, now everyone talks about it because it's blowing up the stock market, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. It literally shit on every other car manufacturer in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? true. So yeah, Bitcoin could be on that same trajectory, dude. It's just, it's it's hard to believe in for one because like it's too good to be true if you're one of us. Like, yeah actually invested in the damn thing and it turns out exactly how you want it to turn out (laughs) like positive yeah and then also the the whole macro side of things like my personal beliefs of where the world is headed as far as like economics go and social unrest things like this yeah and speaking of the united states is about to give another stimulus check to everybody yeah yeah it's another trillion dollars in the bag dude yeah Dude, Plus. that means that means that's more fuel to Bitcoin's fire, dude. Well, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna we'll take see. it's gonna take more money to buy an entire Bitcoin just because of inflation, yeah. right? I mean, we won't see that for a good while, but still. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how fiat works, right? Ultimately, the more fiat money there is in circulation, the less value it has. Yeah, it's just I don't know whether or not you believe. Like, uh, like, do you agree with me, right? That like equities and like the traditional markets are in a, in a on a runaway bubble phase, right? Oh yeah, we do should you agree try with to me? F- yeah, we should try to find that end. All you have to do is pull up the Nasdaq and uh, look up the monthly chart of its entire existence. <laughs> yeah, let me and try that, to that's, pull it up. That's enough to paint a picture. I mean, the Nasdaq is only uh, like really it's like tech stocks, but still, yeah, tech stocks pretty much run the stock market these days it's like the driving force behind this bubble so it's a good representation of like how manic the markets are right now if you want to share that okay i'm pulling up nasdaq and full featured chart uh and then you were looking at the weekly right monthly oh monthly yeah these are long these are old markets you know like They've been around. Oh no, this was this only goes back to two thousand three, man. That's not long enough. Yeah, it should go back to about the eighties. I think that's when the Nasdaq was created. <sighs> now these are yeah. What's happening? Still working? No man. Oh, yeah, see if you can find it, and then we'll share your screen because I got other stuff to share too. Okay. And I'm looking it up, and here it is. I found it. <laughs> God damn. Now, I don't want to share my screen just because there's like way too many porn tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you the link instead. Wait, okay. is this it? No, I don't think this is it. Is the link. All right. Just make sure it's on the monthly scale and pow. Just kind of like just bring it in a little bit, you know, like. Oh, it says access denied. Oh my God. Okay, you know what? what? Fuck it, dude. I'm just going to like draw it on Microsoft Paint, dude. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll share my screen. <laughs> Wait, Why what the you, fuck? Microsoft Paint. 
<laughs> no, actually, I actually have it saved on my Microsoft Paint, so I'm gonna pull. Yeah, it but up. but why? What what's the ticker symbol for for that? It's the NDX. Okay, NDX. Okay, I think I got it. Got it. Okay. I wonder why it denied me. I don't know, dude. Just another string of bad luck. It's been happening a lot lately. Here it is from the 80s. We might get into that later. I don't know. It's undecided. A string of bad luck we're running into. <clears throat> but we also have good news, though. So there's some nice balancing going on in the world <laughs> from our perspective. Yeah. Okay. You know, we got good news and bad news. All right. So going to share screen here okay i haven't seen it yet let me know when you do it there we go all right so here it is from 1985 ish or 1980s down to right now hey, that does not look like what i look what i'm looking at dude what the fuck why does this always happen i don't know <laughs> but yeah hold on. okay wait hold on so this is that's that's with logarithmic off. Oh, dude, there you go. Yeah. That that looks way scarier. <laughs> yeah, it it certainly does. That, it, it fits my narrative much better, dude. You know when it, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> whenever uh, you manipulate the chart to fit your narrative, right? Exactly. Right. If I'm trying to scare a bunch of people and get them to sell off, this is what I show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got a perfect. A little mini bubble right behind it, dude. It's pretty crazy. It's like seeing two tornadoes coming at you at the same time, dude. You get to see like a, a category one, yeah, first before the category four hits. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. They're like inverted tornadoes, dude. Look at them. So my my, my narrative is that we're on our way up to a, a runaway mania phase of a bubble. Like, look how fast the market has rallied from the COVID drop off, dude. Like, look at that. Yeah. It's actually absurd. Not just rallied, but like ballooned way past what yeah, happened. It, it was like as before. if there isn't a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, as if there is no economic problems, as if, as if there's not 20% unemployment. Yeah. And like unemployment <laughs> support is not about to run out any day now. Right. <laughs> as if there aren't people in the streets burning buildings down and like, you know, protesting for equality and all kinds of things. Yeah, people aren't dying by the truckloads from a virus. Like, come on. Yeah. Does this make any sense to you? No, not to me. So but I isn't this the things. product of quantitative easing? Well, of course. This is all. This is all just injected money into the markets, you know, because they have to keep this thing afloat because we depend on it. If this thing goes down, like it should, like it should have in two thousand and eight, but we prevented that from happening because of the QE. You know. Well, that mean that would mean like the really smart investors who understand what you're talking about, they're selling off right now, right? I don't know what the smart people are doing, honestly. <laughs> I mean, Warren Buffett already, already like uh, yeah, liquidated he's... all of his bank stocks like months ago. Yeah. And that's a guy, he's like a perma bull. He's been a perma bull since he ever started investing. He's never liquidated any of his positions ever. This is the first time in his career where he's just like, he's like, you know what? Fuck the bank stocks. <laughs> that's warren motherfucking buffett the best investor in the world of all time yeah and he's he's if that's not an indicator of like get the fuck out i don't know what is yeah for you sure know what I mean? 
but the market doesn't reflect that. Now, if Warren Buffett looks like an idiot, right? He missed out on yeah this manic run-up phase. But this isn't like rational uh, market behavior. This is something else. This is like when Bitcoin rallied from 10K to 20K in like a week or however long it took. Right. You know, that's not rational. That's fucking insane. Yeah, for sure. So I look at this and I'm skeptical of any positive you know, Bitcoin valuations just because like, you know, we talked last week, I, I don't think Bitcoin survives this storm that's coming, you know, this inevitable hell on earth. I mean, All but right, if anything, stop, if, if, any, <laughs> if anything gonna... survives it, what is it, what is it going to be? I don't know. Well, I mean, what do you, uh, you buy land? Twinkies? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you were talking about <laughs> bullets I could buy Twinkies, and chickens, right? Yeah, man, practical things, dude. Like, well, for a like a normie person who's just trying to survive the winter, you know. Yeah, those are the things that are gonna be valuable to us, you know. Like, we're not gonna care about how our wealth is doing whenever there is no wealth <laughs> to be had. <laughs> you can't get food, right? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be rough, dude. Like, not many people are gonna have sources of income. There's gonna be a lot more dependence on government for these things. Yeah. There's going to be tons of government programs just to keep people fed and alive, you know? It's going to be rough. This is where, like, socialist uh, ideas are going to become very popular because we have no other choice, uh -huh. you know? Either the government supports this or we all just die because the market that we live off, like, we or kill that, it. That we're propping. It. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't, but in the meantime, hooray, dude. Bitcoin is up. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually up pretty good man i'm happy about so that. have you uh have you changed your sentiment on bitcoin in terms of like the one hundred twenty thousand dollar prediction that we have for like about a year See, or two that's, from that's now? my point like i don't know when so so looking at this chart and like what was that i don't know okay but do you agree with me that we're, we're in this runaway mania phase and at some point we're going to reach a top and then an inevitable correction phase is kind of follow, right? For just like Bitcoin, what you see right? over here. No, for the markets. Oh, the traditional equities. Uh, well, let's see. I want to. I want to take a look at these dips here and kind of understand like the time frame. So this is the, this is the housing market crash. Right. Right. Two thousand seven to two thousand nine. Yeah, it doesn't look like much of a crash now, does it? Yeah. But keep like in mind, this, this is like a representation of the tech stocks. So tech wasn't hurt as yeah, bad as like, true. you know, yeah. But think about it. The housing prices, the housing market crashed, but it affected tech stocks to a certain extent. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. like Bitcoin, it's not connected to the economy in any like significant way. So it's gonna suffer its own little dip once once this shit crashes, right? But yeah, but it's not. It's gonna recover much faster just because, like the pandemic, it went it went all the it went from nine thousand to three thousand in like an hour, right in March. Yeah, it's just literally like one day, you yeah. lost like 70 percent of the market. And then just like a week later, it was at seven thousand again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Bitcoin's going to feel it too, but it's it's going to be for like a short amount of time. Short in relative terms. Could be like a month or so or whatever, or even so, a year. So you think, well, 
if you look at the previous bubble top from uh, the, the dot-com boom, you know, this thing, that did not take like one day to correct. This is like a multi-year bear market in the yeah. stock market. So more than likely, it's going to take years for the stock market to correct and find its bottom and then find that, you know, happy return to normal phase, right? It takes years. Well, so, yeah. So will Bitcoin act independently of that? I mean, we already saw during the COVID crisis, it does not, it is not some safe haven. Crypto market is not safe from like what's going on For sure. in the real world. Whenever markets collapse, crypto markets follow, you know, because it, there are people at the end of the day, if people are scared, people are panicking about their investments. Yeah, but ultimately, yeah. so so I don't, I don't think we might not be talking about the same thing because it's not as if Bitcoin is in like some inert, you know, a financial tool. It's still connected to humans and humans have like sentiments about everything, including Bitcoin. Yeah. And so if you there's a chance you might not even feed your family, you're going to sell your Bitcoin. Right. So the prices mm -hmm. are going to go down. Yeah. But the question is, if you have financial resources, where do you store it? And to me, it still seems like it's Bitcoin. But it's not because Bitcoin's only what, like a hundred billion dollar market. I mean, really, it's it's precious metals. It's the multi-trillion dollar markets that are actually in all time highs right now, basically. Mm. You know, it's it's showing that it's working. <laughs> That's what the truly wealthy do. You know, they put their money into vehicles like that or uh i mean i'm sure there's other strategies i wouldn't know i'm not one of those people <laughs> yeah but i can guarantee you they're not storing their wealth in bitcoin at least not yet you know yeah but it's, it's just, not now when though like when's that time i don't know man i don't know this is a great question yeah like you would think if bitcoin is that's if it's truly a safe haven it's a place to store your wealth in the event of like a tradition a collapse of traditional equities the price should just go through the moon, right? Yeah. It should hit 100K like by next year while the stock market is like tumbling. Like, yeah, is that yeah, going yeah, to yeah. happen? I don't know. Like, <clears throat> that's my point. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But that should happen if Bitcoin was really a store of value. It already failed the first test from the COVID drop off. You know? Well, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, even the tech stocks, they were hit when the housing mar market crashed. So, I mean, nothing is, like, disconnected yeah, from, from, from everything. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and it's, and it's rallied, and it's back to higher than it was previously, so. Yeah. So, um, so this, is, this is, like, we're just trying to talk out, like, you know, what, what's logical? I mean, obviously, a lot of these things that we're talking about, it isn't logical, right? It, it's not logical that Bitcoin went from ten to 20000 in a couple of days, yeah, you're kind of like you're comparing again. You got the ten years of data, which is that chart that you talk about. What is it called? The a nonlinear regression curve. Yeah, so you have to compare your belief in that that it's going to withstand its integrity throughout all of time. Yeah. Versus like some unknown future event that could potentially test that. Um, you know. Yeah. Test that chart out. So I mean. It's yeah. the safer route is probably to go with with the proven data. It's like an actual thing, right? As opposed to you know just speculating on some doomsday scenario. So, yeah, I mean, if you're Warren Buffett, I mean, he he doesn't have that much more longer on Earth, right? So he's got to pull out at some point. I would imagine, maybe, unless 
I'm sure his funds are now run by like a huge financial team, so they have their oh, own they uh, they have yeah. their own vested interest to maximize their gains. And so probably mm-hmm. selling now uh you know, considering the climate is probably the best idea. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're right. I think if if uh, Warren Buffett is selling his bag, you should be considering selling your own bag too. Yeah. I don't think he sold every bag, but yeah, he definitely sold. No, he's I definitely, that. I think he's also involved in like some cryptocurrency now. No way. Yeah. I have no to look it up way, though, dude. because I saw it. I don't know where I saw it. It's probably Twitter. It's probably like some guy named Jimmy Buffett or something, dude. Like, <laughs> Jimmy there's no way it's the same guy. Yeah. But besides that, so yeah, we were talking about that last week, and I guess we just ranted even more. But the good news is I'm wrong so far. Yeah, the markets are rallying, which is good. You know, it's hopefully everybody's anticipating like some type of 2017-like scenario in the future. Yeah. All right? Because, I mean, if everyone's honest with themselves, that's the majority reason why most people are involved in this space, right? Yeah, for sure. If you're honest with yourself. That's a good segue for for this. Yeah, a lot of people would like to claim. I mean, and it's true in a lot of cases, but not the majority case, that people are here for purely tech reasons, you know? Yeah. I think that's a... So even uh, Maddie, he had like the same same question we were, we were just chatting about earlier. Mm-hmm. So he asked everybody, if you're in crypto, you're here for the what, for the blank. And the options were tech, money, and community. And tech got 37.9%, money got 46%, and community got around 16%. Mm. And so you're saying that majority of the people in crypto are here for the money. Yeah. Yeah, so I think like a more honest, I, I, there's like a... I think a few weeks ago we had a discussion about, uh, you know, in relation to not just Decentraland, but like any blockchain project, I guess, like it's like an 80, 20 rule that we kind of came up with. If, if you're, if you're a game dev or a project dev in the crypto space, you have to realize like if you're trying to maximize, you know, revenue potential, like any smart business would want to do. Right you have to target the proper demographic. And I, I, in my mind, 80% of it are these crypto moon boys that are only here to make a buck. Yeah. Yeah. 20% of the people actually care about the technology. They care about the community. They care about the gameplay or the philosophy behind the decentralization and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's so you, you can't ignore them either. Like obviously you want to operate with integrity, right. And, make actual solid products that meet that stand for something. But from, yeah, for business, like why do you think most of the projects failed during this three year bear bear phase? Right. Because the money was gone. The 80%, the wave of the 80% retracted from the market. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't keep that 80% happy, dude, then they're not going to stick around. And yeah, I, I mean, if, if think about it, if the eighty percent is just in in for the money and everything just goes down, they're just going to disappear. They're going to disappear. They're not going to stick it stick through the you know the tough times, right? Yeah, because the incentive is no longer there to do that. You know, it's true. So, 
uh, I don't know. I don't. Is is that is that is that something bad? I don't know. No, I, I mean because you need those people too. You know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I like the technology. I like the tech behind it, but obviously, you can't really operate a business without the money aspect. So, yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. I and and you know we were talking earlier how. I think what what keeps like active engagement like on a daily basis NFTs and and crypto is the potential that you might miss out. It's the the FOMO aspect in a in a in a not I'm not saying FOMO like in a way that you haven't done any research. FOMO in the sense that you want to be well breath on what's going on within the crypto community to know what what potentially has a lot of gains in the future. Cause like if if you if you're not paying attention, you're gonna miss out on something that's like like a Tesla, uh, a Tesla version of cryptocurrency, where it has a lot of applications, it solves a lot of problems, and you want to be in early versus you know later, right? So I think that's what keeps like constant daily engagement, like just researching and engaging with like everything, everything that you see. Yeah, and and communicating with people like any even in our Discord, some people mention other cryptocurrencies that they they put money in, and it helps us like learn about the different cryptocurrencies that are out there. Whether it's worth it or not to get in, like that's that's up to the individual doing research. But at least you know what the the zeitgeist is talking about, right? The group of people in crypto, what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, money. I mean. Dude, money drives pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not uh and it's not I mean, it's it's not ugly. It's just that's how that's how the systems work. That's how the economy works. Well, yeah, it's it's the incentive models we have currently, you know. It's yeah. not it's that's something people want to like uh proudly admit, I guess, that they're driven by that because it seems like shallow and it does yada, yada, yada. it's like it has a negative con- connotation yeah it does you know but deep down everybody yeah like you said everybody just wants to create the best life you can for themselves right and the people they love all that stuff that's kind of like the whole purpose yeah i think to living so money is the vehicle to do that it eliminates a lot of stress and problems from your life if you acquire the money to you know, stabilize your future, but I guess there's a limit to that. Once you get over like a certain status, <laughs> that's when people start to look at you like in a negative light, right? Yeah, yeah. And if if you like, if you say you're one of those people trying to get to that level, like it just seems like you're not in it for the right reasons. Like whatever, whatever endeavor you're in, you know. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, like it's way sexier for like 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 when an athlete retires early. You know, and people are like, why do you have so much? You're like 28 years old. You have so much potential still. You could be like one of the best ever. And he's like, well, I'm happy. I made enough money to where like I could secure my fa- my family and my, my kids, kids, my kids, kids, kids. Yeah. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm going to save my body. And I, he, he made like a rational decision. Like, I'm out. But the people are pissed off at this guy because they want him to, his, they want his answer to be like, no, I don't play for the money. I yeah. play for like the glory of the sport. You yeah. know, I play for like, you know, to be the best uh, of all time, some shit like that, you know, some kind yeah. of 
Uh, and I'm, I'm sure there's an element of maximizing their money too, to a certain extent. And their mm-hmm. brand is about being the best that they can be while behind closed doors, they're hustling on like trying to make, make the best deal, which, you know, they have agents for that. So yeah, that's um, right. But they can maintain that brand. Yeah. Like, like if from a fan perspective, you would prefer if they'd be like, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my money so that we can bring on other teammates. Yeah. You know? And to a certain extent, I mean, uh, if you go look at the golden state warriors, a lot of them have sacrificed, you know, a portion of their, of their contracts to keep the team together. And they were successful. I think they won what three championships within like five years. So, so I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. For them, it so. makes sense because the long-term game was like potentially much bigger. If you have, yeah, because, yeah, if you go to different teams, they're going to pay you as like a, a champ, hmm. right? Not some scrub. So, yeah. And also just like the own personal brand now, like, Steph Curry, I guess he could, if you really wanted to, he could sell yeah, a line of basketball shoes for sure, you know, sneakers for sure. and make a killing off of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't confuse the most um, game focused player. How often does that happen now? Yeah. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't confuse, like maybe Michael Jordan. Yeah. If you, have you seen the documentary for Michael Jordan? Uh, I haven't Last yet. Dance? Dude, you got to watch it. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I keep I really telling you stuff to. that... <laughs> That you should watch, but but this one's good because first of all, it this was this one I actually want to watch. Like, it was yeah. edited by Michael Jordan, so he hmm. he cut out some stuff that you know he didn't want to show, right? So you you have to watch it with context, right? But yeah. it's still good to understand like his work ethic and how he sort of was an asshole, but it was warranted asshole, like because he wanted to be the best. Like his drive was to be the best. At any cost, and he could have made a bunch of a lot more money, but he didn't. So, mm. and he didn't for a lot of reasons because his agent was his like uncle or something, mm. <clears throat> or his dad. I don't remember. Um, but I kind of want to like segue now into like why we're talking about money, I guess, and stuff like that. I don't know, dude. I guess because like we, we still have these same conversations, like, uh, like we had one last week at the round table. Uh, Talk Sam brought it up, the Polygonal Mind CEO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, about like issues with as far as like developers being able to sustain themselves in the decentralized ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an actual, it's a real issue that needs to be talked about because I think if people don't understand this yet, like, uh, yeah, decentralized, decentralized is like a, the goal of it is to be like a decentralized. Uh, project or game ecosystem that's run by its users, right? We're nowhere even close to that yeah. phase yet. But if that's the case, like we still have to think of it as like a like a business. How would a business operate? Yeah, it's a game, but every game is a business, right? Every game that you like to play, you know, World of Warcraft is a business. Call of Duty is a business. You know, Dota, everything. So you have to think about it like how the fuck if it's supposed to be like community generated everything, can, like how are we going to fund all this stuff? People don't work for free, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't think just the, just the idea of assuming everyone who's a mana holder is going to be incentivized to like work and develop purely off of the interest of increasing the value of that mana yeah. is enough. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I know where you're going with this, and um, it it, t- it costs a lot of money to pay developers to build anything, mm-hmm. and uh, the amount of money required to make anything is just too much, and grants aren't enough to really build any meaningful content. Um, yeah, like we could we could keep spinning the cycle right now. Like, okay, a grant can fund like a nice little little mini game that takes you know maybe a couple of days to develop, right? Yeah. Or maybe like a nice little 3D scene, and there's like a couple of cool things to look at. We throw it in the world, and we host a big event around it, and then everyone goes home, and we're back to square one, right? Yeah. We still have we still have the same DAU issue. We still have the same. Yeah. So every- so there's a couple of underlying right. issues that we should probably discuss, um, and maybe include more people in the community too. But like, what's man? What what's the goal here? I mean. Like, well, that's what, what I'm saying. Like, what's the collective goal? What should we all be focusing on? Is it just the yeah. DAU? Is it uh, you know creating an economy in Decentraland? What what's the goal? I mean, because uh, that isn't happening, right? DAUs isn't going up. So I mean, uh, I mean we we have a lot to say about this, but they peak at certain events and moments. But like I I don't think that's the right approach. But the reason they peak is because of the 80% rule. Is that there's oh, yeah. a financial incentive to peak at that moment. And there's reasons why it peaks yeah. for financial gains, but there's no there's no there's no stickiness, right? As soon as they get their NFTs, they're gone. I guess then if so that's proven data then we have to take from these events that are are, are proving that, right? They're putting these POAP machines outside in order to incentivize people to attend. They are selling jerseys or whatever to incentivize people to show up, right? So we have to take that data and use this. So we have to make it a persistent thing. We're like, you don't want to leave Decentraland ever because there's just plenty of opportunities such as that all the time, right? That has to be the winning formula. If, if we recognize 80% of people are driven by that, yeah. and if we think from like a business mindset, like the goal is to generate the most amount of revenue for the Decentraland economy or the ecosystem. Yeah. That has to be how we do it, right? So uh, for those who don't know what POAP means, it's a proof of attendance protocol. Yeah, It's something a team made that kind of proved that you attended some some event in some meta- metaverse. It's Yeah, it's any, like a badge, right? Like yeah, a digital badge. Any digital event. you can Think get of it as like a... A Boy Scouts merit badge. You know, you 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 accomplish some task, you get a, a little pin for your jacket if you're in the Boy Scouts. Yeah. It's the same thing. If you show up to a, any event that has one of these, you get yeah. a little badge to pin on yourself. Yeah, Digital. you could you could argue <laughs> that the first uh, beta wearables in Decentraland that they gave out, those could be considered proof of attendance too, right? Uh, if you had one of those yeah. early wearables, you'd have to essentially be there, but obviously they can be traded, so. But they represent yeah. that somebody spent some time in Decentraland at that point and has uh, collected an NFT to prove it. Yeah, it's essentially like a workaround from the fact that wearables are not public. You know, yeah. If they were, these these event holders could literally they could just print T-shirts with whatever event they're having and yeah. hand those out instead. But, but it's not possible, so we have to. Work. But regardless, the incentive mechanism is exactly the same. They're all NFTs, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it goes back to uh, the ultimate goal for the community or anybody who's interested enough to care about creating a, a metaverse that you want to spend some time in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our own solutions to that, that we're actively working on ourselves. But I feel like if it's sparse and it, it, there isn't a collective force or there isn't a mechanism to fund these ideas, then we're just going to be spinning our wheels for for forever. Because mm-hmm. there's no amount of Decentraland creating anything that's going to create DAUs, right? This is a community push. And if the community is not aligned, we're just going to be flopping in the, in the, in the, in the wind. You know, we're just like a fish out of water. Yeah. You know, I guess you're right. Like, so I want to see, I want to see if we're on the same page. Cause even though, I mean, we didn't talk about this specifically to pregame, but even though we've touched on this in the past, I'm going to pose a question to you. Okay. So let's say the community has a collective uh, alignment. And that alignment was to say, let's build things or let's fund things that improve the DAU. So what sort of activity could you imagine to happen in Decentraland as as an activity that would directly affect DAUs? Well, let's define DA. DAU is just like a, a pure statistic, right? Like it's well okay, every so, every twenty four hours, like it gets recorded. Yeah. Of like of how many, how many users total like logged in, in. Yeah. So okay, let me rephrase that to not have like, you know, DAU. It's more like what's going to make you co- want to come into Decentraland and spend some time in it. Well, I just told you, like, for not, I'm not, I'm taking myself out of the equation, but. For the eighty percent of the people, it's going to be just something to so take saying, out of it. So you're saying we should just put popes everywhere and and, and do events. Well, there has to be every day something attached. You can use pope as like a representation, but there has to be some reason for me to go in with an expectation that I'm going to come out with some type of return, right? You know, from for my time investment. Okay, so so let's talk talk specifically as to what that is. Like, let's tangibly talk about it. So okay. what what activity would you do in Decentraland that would encourage you to come in every day to do it? It it could be any activity, literally, um, because I I have a unique perspective. Meaning, like I spent ten years playing a an MMORPG, and I have dedicated I dedicated a large portion of my life to the. Uh, like a grinding mechanic, meaning like I would spend hours and yeah. hours and hours just doing a repetitive mundane task that like if you told like a, a regular person, like this is what I did for hours. Yeah. You know, literally just go, you can equate it to me just, you know, spamming my mouse, clicking it. <laughs> and like, that's about it. Like it's not, there's other shit happening on the screen, obviously, because it's a video game, right? Yeah the game designers made a nice, clever little world, <laughs> you know, that does things whenever I'm doing this. Yeah. Just clicking. But in reality, in the real world, this is all I'm doing. <laughs> Spamming my mouse, dude. I'm doing that for hours. But the reason why I'm doing that is because I'm getting something of value in return for all those clicks. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 
earning an in-game currency. Something that I, I truly valued in exchange for my time, right? I wouldn't have done that if I didn't value it as much. Yeah. In this case, I don't think... <clears throat> like I said, you can't... I don't think it's possible to replicate that... Um, like that desire... Well, yes, from a, from a gameplay perspective. So you've answered my question. The answer was grinding. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so that tells me that we're on the same page. Even though well, yeah, that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> I think we're talking about this because, I mean, if if uh, if if we're tasked as a community to bring up the daily active users DAU, you know what what should we what should we be doing? Who should we be funding? And how do we encourage this type of generation of content? Right. And so like, for example, us, you know, we happen to, to know Corv, my brother. Right. <clears throat> and he, he's building things that, that, well, right now he's starting to build Corona zombies, which, which has some grinding elements to it. And, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just so happens that these grind elements encourage the DAU it encourages people to show up and grind which which brings up the DAU, which is sort of the the collective goal, but Corona Zombies by itself is not good enough, right? To 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 move the DAU, it'll help, but we need a collective force to do that. So then we have Ethermon, they're going to bring up the DAU themselves within their own game, and then potentially we have Wonder Zone, right? Yeah, with their mi mining mechanics. I had a conversation with. With the, what, I don't know how many developers are on the Wonder Zone team, but one of them, and he gave me tons of confidence with like the direction they're heading in, because we never had any prior conversations with them, but we're a hundred percent on the same page, like our mindset and their mindset. Like I don't know if they watch any of our content at all, or we just somehow are operating on the same wavelength as far as like understanding how to best grow this economy, this ecosystem. It's through, you know, the gamification aspect of this nft minting yeah which is what they're doing that's why they worked uh, well that's why they, they they use the opportunity of being one of the first five to mint a wearable right and they're incorporating that into their gameplay to incentivize you know people to play it because they understand people aren't going to just run around and like click on rocks that fall from the sky i mean that's not yeah obviously that's not the most captivating exhilarating gaming experience right yeah you know, but it is, if you know, every single time you do that, it's like you've got a nickel or you got a dime of, of, of valuation because eventually all these minerals, all these in-game resources that you've been working your ass for are going to give you a return and value, you know? Yeah. That's literally the whole reason why blockchain is here, you know? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, I mean... They're on the, they're on the right page. So yeah, there's there's hopeful signs out there. People are understanding, uh, but that's not the only thing. So so yeah, I was gonna say let's uh, let's kind of flex these mu the, these brain muscles that we have and start think of if it's not grinding, what's another yeah, activity? Yeah, there's got to be other things. I mean, it can literally just be the community just grows to such a size uh, of non gaming content, and literally just people who I don't know. 
we got DJs everywhere. We got people who have like comedy clubs, maybe people who have like poetry clubs, people who have radio stations like Frankie who have daily radio shows. There's just so much of that in Decentraland and they all have their little incentive mechanisms, whether it's like a merchandise shop or a little POAP machine, something, you know, to where you're literally just bringing people in all day, every day. It's just nonstop events, right? Yeah, we heard a couple of guys um, at uh, another business conference that Maddie put put together, um, mm-hmm. and these game developers were working on using working on the games using Engine, and Engine yeah. is just another ERC twenty token, but it's also a platform where you can mint NFTs, and um, and what was interesting is that they're making their own game on their own platform, like either a website or some game you download, but there's NFTs associated to it. And, uh, but nothing was connected to Decentraland in any way. So there's got to be some, some incentive to be in Decentraland. There's got to be some, some desire for game developers to be like, Hey, I can also put this game, at least a portion of my game and have it run in Decentraland. But there's, there isn't any of that. Games in Decentraland only exist within Decentraland. I mean, I guess we have um, we have Ethermon now, which you can play in Decentraland and on their website. Uh, but they're two like two independent experiences. There's there's yeah. two ways to improve the value of your NFT for Ethermon. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean that that all that to say is we're trying to figure uh, out ways to improve the DAU and. Um, Without community alignment, I don't, I don't well, that's that's the thing. It's it's tough to do that because everyone's like doing their own thing, right? It's, it's impossible to organize. No, but not. but what you just said, it's almost as if Wonderzone and and us are on the same wavelength. True. Right. So that's not that doesn't mean that we can't find others who think the same way who are going to build different experiences in a similar grinding mechanic, which. We're not saying that's the only way to improve the DAU. I don't think it's the only way, but I think it's going to be the most obvious way once it's like implemented and matured. Yeah, because you, know. you have an open world. And what do you do in any open world? You grind. Like any open yeah. world that's ever existed, there's some grinding aspect to it. Including our own. Including the Earth. Including the Earth, exactly. It's the, it's the reason why we've destroyed this planet. <laughs> yes, it is you know? exactly right. Because, because humanity has been grinding along for so long. We've extracted as much value from this planet as yes. we could. Yes. It, but not for not for fun. It's yeah, not yeah. fun doing these things. <laughs> <laughs> we do it because it gives humanity and society so much in return. You know, it literally fuels the engine of society. Yeah. You know? That's that's everything. As far as everything from our lives, from going to the same job every single day, clocking in eight nine hours, yeah, doing the same bullshit every single day. You hate it, yeah, but you do it anyways because you know at the end of the day you get to go home, you get to feed your kids, you get to feed your your family, yeah, you get to drive your nice little Toyota to and from work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the system we're all living in. You know, it's it's just this is how we get people to coexist and to cooperate and to like live amongst each other and not like fucking kill your next door neighbor right yeah. take what they have this is the only way to do it so far so yeah. i don't know what that means i don't know 
Yeah. But it's just it's fresh it's frustrating at times just because I don't know. You know what? Um I mean we have reasons to be frustrated, but we also have yeah. reasons to be not. We have frustrated. lots of reasons to be frustrated. Yeah. But but anyway. Maybe we'll tell you guys about that in a future date. <laughs> yeah. We'll um, see. So, I mean well, the point of this is to kind of figure out like what is the most optimal activity we should be doing and yeah. you know we've already said it, it's like we got to be funding these types of experiences because that what that's what makes the difference with the least amount of money right we're talking about funding we're, we're talking about spending the limited time that we have right doing the things that matter most to affect to to ultimately affect you know, the, the underlying asset, right? Decentraland, right? The more people that we bring into Decentraland, the better everything is, right? So we've been, so we've been talking about this a lot uh, over the last couple of days, at least, if not more. And we've, we're exploring the idea of enabling more minting to happen on Decentraland. And so the minting that we're talking about is sort of potentially doing 1155 tokens. Uh, so, so what's the big deal here? The big deal here is that minting NFTs is sort of straightforward, right? You can go to any of these platforms and mint NFTs. What isn't straightforward is having some functional aspect to that NFT beyond a picture in a database, because that's what an NFT is. And, and, Art NFT tends to be in a database called IPFS, inter, Interplanetary File System. And that is sort of a decentralized storage network. Another one is called Arweave. That's another decentralized storage network. And if you store your image within this decentralized uh, space, your image is sort of safe. It's always going to be there, right? And, and your NFT will always point to it because it's independent from uh, power outages. It's independent from governments, independent of all these things, right? That's mm -hmm. the whole point of decentralization. Yeah. So, it, so an NFT is just an image, but to use an NFT in a game, there's a lot more that needs to happen. And so that functionality um, includes, let me bring it up because Oscar was just talking about this. So that functional functionality includes not only storing the picture, but setting the price, adding an RNG aspect to your 1155 tokens, or even in this case, in our case, in Corona Zombies, ERC-721 tokens. So say, for example, you mint a weapon in Corona Zombies. That weapon has attributes. Let's say, like, damage, uh, durability, uh, quality, so those, those aspects, when you mint them, they're going to be random. And if you're very lucky, you'll get a perfect weapon, right, for example. So that isn't built for, for developers to use. You have to build it yourself. Um, unlimited off-chain attributes. So if you have on-chain attributes like damage, quality, and uh, durability, you can have a million different other attributes that are off-chain. And so, so what, what does that mean? If it's off-chain, then it's not costing you gas to update the NFT. If it's on-chain, if you want it to reflect on-chain, then you have to pay for gas 
and then you can reflect an update to your NFT and a progress update, if you will. So <clears throat> anyways, the list goes on. The point here is, is that there is a service that we can provide that makes it easier for other developers to create their own 1155 tokens or consumable tokens, like a ticket or um, food, uh, materials, energy, um, gems, anything that you can consume in a video game, it can be an 1155 token and all the RNG aspect to it, the deactivation, activation of sale, um, selling per uh, a given amount can be done within MetaZone. So this is to say that we believe in like this, this aspect of grinding in Decentraland specifically that we're thinking about. We're exploring ways to help motivate other game developers to build their experiences with at least a, a grind mechanic. Does that make sense, Iron Man? Uh, other developers in Decentraland? Or, yeah, yeah, in Decentraland or uh -huh. even outside of Decentraland. Yeah, well, yeah, because well, what's the issue currently is that every developer is facing the same issues with Ethereum, meaning yeah, the gas fees are just too damn high, the transaction speeds are too damn low, and yada, 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 right? For any kind of real game, if, if, if any in-game item you're acquiring or tasked to pick up, right after you kill something for example yeah like that they can't just be erc tokens right because that that requires too much blockchain interaction is that the the problem with the current model yeah correct so then yeah the the solution has to be some type of workaround like to for to solve a couple of issues to solve the transaction cost and to solve the speed you know, so so that the gameplay experience as is as seamless as a traditional game. Like you pick something up, it's in your inventory, and that's it. Like you you know, you can interact with that gameplay item, but I guess the solution is to do what is we haven't really figured it out yet, right? Well, no, <laughs> we're I just mean, toying with the idea. No, if um, so, a lot of games require some consumable aspect to it. Yeah. Like the, the grind mechanic is that very thing, right? You're grinding for uh, let's say the minerals from Wonder Zone. Yeah, the That's, minerals that is a consumable, right? Because yes. you, you're tasked to harvest them and collect them and to eventually consume them in some type of yeah, crafting, crafting process, right? Yeah, and so yeah. imagine imagine the person who has a, a bunch of time, right? They can jump into the central land and mine these minerals. Um, and because these minerals are 1155, you can actually sell them on the open market. And somebody who doesn't have time but likes to play the game, who wants to craft a wearable, can buy those minerals from you and can craft them the wearable that they want. Right? So, so we want. How come Engine can't do this? You know, and well, because they they just they're not set up for that. So Engine, you can mint 1155 tokens, but you have to design the entire game yourself and put it on whatever platform that you want, whether it's Decentraland or a website or the Xbox, right? It's so the handling of these ERC 1155s is 100% on the, the game developer of right. whatever game they exist on. You yeah. know? For instance, like in these three, at the conference today that uh, DCO Core held, there were three games from the engine ecosystem, right? 
and a lot of yes. them were a lot of them are designing these third-party centralized uh, wallets essentially custodial services for their own in-game assets right yeah, because yeah. Because they're trying to figure out solutions themselves. Like, dude, we have this game, but fuck, no one wants to play it because the gas fees are just too ridiculous, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what you're saying is like create like a, a general service for yes. anyone facing the same problem. Yes. I agree, hundred percent. We do. I think it's a so, legitimate need. Yeah. So, so this goes beyond a little bit by uh, beyond Decentraland. Um, but it also helps the central land in a way where developers like, I mean, Oscar would use this right now. If it was built, he would use it. Um, mm -hmm. it's not built and therefore he's probably going to build it, but it just makes it easier for a game dev to be like, I need consumables. I need 10 of them. I'm going to mend 10 different types, you know, categories of consumables. And, um, but I'm going to allow MetaZone to be the server who, who governs, you know, what happens to these minerals in my game. Say, for example, this mineral gets consumed and it's no longer in my my inventory. So all that stuff, it's calling a server. And, and, and then on top of that, if you want to sell this on the open market, then you can put on the open market through a process, right? Let's say, let's say <clears throat> you don't, you don't mint these, 1155s until after you want to sell them, right? You mint them, you pay the gas fee, and then you can put them wherever you want, right? Any open sea or anywhere. Uh, before you mint them, then you, you could also take advantage of off-chain transactions, which are feeless, right? If you want to send, if I want to send you a, an Apple, I can just go to your account, even your ETH address, and send you an Apple without any gas fees. How is that possible? Well, it's it's a database entry. It goes from my account in the database to your account in the in the database. And that's it. So what happens to the value of NFTs? Because you said they're basically mint on demand. Like, I guess, traditionally in today's NFT world, everything's minted in batches, right? Like, if I'm a creator of whatever NFT asset, I can mint 100 of such NFTs, mm -hmm. and they exist, right? As soon as I hit create or submit yeah i don't know whose address they go to either the creator or whatever custodial service well it depends on the platform but typically yeah. it's it's the creator yeah but but in this scenario it would be like there's a hundred potential nfts in uh like non-circulating supply but as as the player decides to mint like I want the actual real NFT now so I can sell it on OpenSea or whatever. It's truly minted now. Yes. So like now there's a, a real circulating supply of NFTs, right? So there's yes. like non-circulating and circulating. So what does that do to the actual valuation of an NFT? What do you think? Like it should operate exactly like a cryptocurrency does, right? Like a, as the circulating supply increases of whatever NFT asset, uh, the valuation should go down right yeah that's how it works yeah pretty much but no the the true. game community the, the players of said game would sort of dictate how much is in circulation yeah well yeah like well let's say like there's a hundred potential to be you're the miner right and i'm the i'm the business guy who wants to play the game but doesn't have time but you do so you collect all these minerals and um, and then you sell them to me, right? I buy them off of you. 
Mm-hmm. I buy them because I intend to use them and like consume them. So on my account in my game, I go and consume them and they're gone, right? Those NFTs are burnt. And so you're not going to continue mining if nobody's buying, right? So there's going to be less in supply because you stopped mining because nobody's buying. So you see how it, it it's by itself, it's sort of, it sort of controls the supply just by the gameplay itself. Yeah, I get that part, but I'm just trying to compare the difference between, like, say, only 30 out of 100 ever get uh, minted uh, for, I don't know, any kind of reason. See, to the game I, just... I, only, I think that matters when there's, like, a huge audience. If, if Decentraland has, like, 10,000 or 50,000 active players on a monthly basis, only 100, that's very little. Uh-huh. But I think the only way to scale this is just to let it run. Like, if you want to mint more, you can mint more. If if not, like, let the market decide, like, how much is needed. Yeah. Like, think okay. think about it. Think about this. If uh, If you wanted to craft a wearable and you didn't have time to craft it, there's a market for people such as yourself to go and grind and, and sell them. But if you didn't want to craft that wearable, there's there's no market, therefore no incentive to go and mine it. Yeah. So 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 you let the market decide like how many of things are crafted and not think about minting. Minting is the reason why there's metas and minting is because there's so much land and you you have to inject that scarcity in order to create that value. It's not mm-hmm. the same with consumables. It's it has a completely different mechanism for economies. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just trying to figure out like how this is going to feel from like a player perspective or an NFT collector perspective. Ultimately, you know? ultimately, like if you create that material, if you're Wonder Zone, you're creating this this mineral. You. You use MetaZone to create this material. <clears throat> you can you can create an infinite amount of minerals. It all depends on how many players you get to mine. And, yeah. And those players right in the early days are mining because they themselves want the wearable. So they're going to mine. But maybe one day Decentraland gets big enough to where there's more people that want those wearables that don't have time to mine them. And so their they're, time is spent better just buying it off the open market yeah i get that i i get that like i understand why the in-game grinding aspect is going to happen what i'm saying is <clears throat> the people who are mining these in the meta zone uh 1155 scenario the people who are mining these minerals they're not collecting ercs they're collecting basically meta zone tokens you know that represent the minerals i guess as soon as they harvest them because they're not they haven't hit that. They haven't paid that gas fee. Correct. To yeah, put that ownership ID onto the Ethereum blockchain yet. Correct. Yeah. Right. So what, what, what are they? It's like two different things, right? Like it's a MetaZone token until it's it's till it's a uh, transfer to a, Ethereum essentially. Yeah, it's just a database entry that you've collected so many materials or so many minerals. Our database, though. Our database, yeah. And so, and so, it's, it's our database as a service. So other yeah. game developers can use our database to do this as well. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but like today, these this thing doesn't exist. Today, any NFT you interact with is an Ethereum NFT. Yeah. You know, so your your expectation is whenever you're paying for an NFT, is that you're paying for the the blockchain support, I guess, of Ethereum for these NFTs. That's part of the valuation. It's part of yeah. the Ethereum ecosystem. Now, if you're 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 providing a service that's outside the Ethereum ecosystem, but it's kind of like a bridge to it. Whenever you know, for whenever it, it counts, you know, whenever you're trying to actually flip it or sell it or transact it like what's the valuation there you know if there's a th- if there's a thousand in this second layer yeah existence but there's only 10 that are actually confirmed and on the ethereum blockchain does that mean there's only 10 in existence does that mean there's a thousand and ten in existence what does that do to the overall valuation then of these in-game assets you know mm-hmm. it's it's a whole different thing that I don't think you've thought about it yet. <laughs> well, it's a whole different valuation system. So when you look you know? at art, there's only one of them. But that doesn't mean that because there's only one piece of that art that is worth a, a zillion dollars. So just because you have this mineral that there's only 10 in circulation, it doesn't mean that mineral is worth a zillion dollars either. Yeah, it does, dude. Like scarcity adds a huge influence on valuation yeah but like then why why is all the art not a zillion dollars each they're all unique right there's yeah, only they're one all unique, of one but the one of ones the original art pieces are always more valuable than any one that comes after like if you're gonna print like a thousand copies yeah but nobody's printing a thousand copies those nft arts are unique they're one one of ones all of them Yeah, they're one of ones okay so how come they're not infinite amount of dollars well, it's not infinite. It's just whoever is the highest bidder. That's the price. Right. You know? So, part of it is because people want the art. And so, in this case, these 1155s, but, their but, price is going to be based on how many people want them. But look at these wearables, dude. People pay a certain price of a legendary wearable because they know there's 100 in existence. Right, that's part of their value. There's a reason why. Well, a legendary wearable is more expensive than, I don't, I don't what's the next class like Swanky or something like that. There's, mm-hmm. there's a thousand, yeah, a thousand goggles. They're cheaper. They're less valuable because there's more in circulation. So if you have a thousand non-confirmed NFTs in circulation and only ten confirmed NFTs in circulation, there's no guarantee these other thousand are ever going to become legitimate ERC ethereum nfts you know what i mean yeah but i'm taking your example to the extreme point where in in the arts case there's only one of each of these pieces of art okay so but but that one piece is not necessarily always worth a zillion dollars no. so so just because they're rare doesn't it doesn't increase their value it, there's more components to it like just because you have ten minerals out there out of a possible a thousand doesn't mean that those ten minerals are worth a lot. It depends on where where those minerals came from. Oh, it came from this game. Oh, you play in Decentraland. Oh, you have to mine to get these minerals. Okay, so yeah, I'm willing to spend a few bucks on these just because somebody had to put work to get these out. Mm-hmm. So so again, I think we leave it up to the market to decide what that price is because who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's it's. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. 
inevitably like on the metazone or i guess like whenever it gets to the open sea level the open sea nft is going to have to show what like uh how many are in total existence i guess like uh as like yeah. a property or something uh, I know on MetaZone's interface, it's going to show that for sure. Because whenever a creator mints them, it's going to have like a, you know, a cap. It's going to have, or it might be infinite. Who knows? But it should monitor how many are in circulation, right? Yeah, I mean, we can we can jump into engine. Yeah. You know, I've actually never looked at engine, which is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So if we go to. I understand the value of this platform. I just haven't, you know, went deep into it yet. I did look at the white paper though. So, oh, here we go. So there's three sellers for this dark scourge. So there's uh, the title and then we're looking at a description. And then, so one engine is about 18 cents and they're asking 3000 engine which is about $535 for this Lost Relics Dark Scourge. Hmm. So this was created a year ago. One view. 1,000 views. 10 holders, 24 transfers. And you can, melt this. You can melt this into an engine coin, by the way. Hmm. And it just burns it? ERC-20. I, I think it does burn it. Total total supply is twenty. Circulating so supply is twenty. Why is he selling it? Why doesn't he just burn it for money? I don't know. I wonder if you can get less or I don't know. Yeah, we gotta do definitely more engine research or maybe we could find someone to interview. That would be sick. Uh but I was wondering, yeah, I was wondering, I guess the other route, since we are actively developing a game for Decentraland. <laughs> And we are going to need in-game items that are eventually NFTs, right? Yeah. Is is engine the platform to use? Yeah, for sure. You know. And yeah, it sounds or, like or can we take the ERC eleven fifty five standard and make our own customizations and additions to it that make sense for us and maybe for yeah, other developers? Otherwise we're gonna be in the same boat as everyone else. Like it's an unplayable game because the assets are just not affordable. Yeah. Right. See, but this so, this is not a consumable, right? This is yeah, like it's a, not a consumable. This is like a a game like special asset. It's like the equivalent to like a gun in Corona Zombies. E- yes, Kinda, that's right? correct. Yeah. Yeah. See that? So here, here's just a legendary a, gem. Okay. Yeah, that looks pretty basic. Still a dollar seventy eight, dude. Shit, this that's, one's seventeen. This is almost twenty bucks. Oh, that's their asking price. Yeah, I guess. Oh, they have a reserve down there. Ten engine is a reserve. Okay. So wow. It's a platform. Six dragons. We'll click on that in a second. So, one hundred seventy one views, thirty one holders, sixty nine transfers. Supply is infinite. Total supply infinite. Circulating seventy six. See that? So this is a consumable. So it sounds like Engine is doing exactly what we're talking about, right? Because they have an infinite supply and it's tracking how many are in existence, how many people are holding it. And so they must have some type of backend, right? 
Well, yeah. So, so all these have some sort of back end because there's there's a lot of stuff that you want to keep track of, and that's that's yeah. why you have a, a back end. But there's probably some some gameplay uh, aspects that is tracked only by the game developer itself. And mm-hmm. so, what we want to do is we want to make it easy for other game devs to have functionality of a of a of gameplay, but as a service to make it easier for them. Um, because that way, because you could build an entire game if as long as you had a back end, and make it easier for yourself. Okay. And then just create like an ecosystem, sort of like Engine has. Because Engine, they they just mint these tokens, um, and all of these are on chain transactions, right? That's why that's why they're here. Like you can go and follow every single transaction. And, from the beginning, like you can see the price increasing per sale, per trade. Yeah, that's right. There's no, yeah, the difference is, okay, so. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about this some more. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, so I want, I want to look at this game, see just uh, what they're doing. Six Dragons. So it says Six Dragons, um, the first blockchain-powered open-world RPG. The game features a massive world of 64 kilometers squared, more than a billion dungeons, a billion dungeons, sophisticated blockchain crafting and enchanting system, and a huge decentralized game economy. Wow, that's pretty... We got to look at this. Yeah. What's it called? The what dragon? The six dragons. Six dragons. So pre-alpha tester. All right, we have some pretty nice artwork. Looks like a nice, sexy little Steam game or something you could download. You know. Okay, we're watching this uh, this trailer. It's like a first person. It's definitely like world. an open world. Yeah. This looks nice. And they have like action bars just like you would in World of Warcraft. Very yeah. Okay, so you're collecting resources. So these are the ERCs, I'm assuming. One, one, five, five. Dude, I kind of want to play this game. This game looks sick. You got talent, dude. This is like a total wow rip off there, dude. Everything looks exactly the same. <laughs> Did you turn off the sound in case there's like a uh, copyright issues or something? Oh, I can't even hear you. No, it's um. No, I'm not. I'm not I won't cut this out. That's uh, interesting just to see what they... It, it's just like a first-person RPG game where you kill stuff. Yeah. And there's dungeons. I, I'm pretty... I, we can't... We gotta wait for the dragon, dude. Where the dragon's at? <laughs> there it is! Oh, there's... Yeah, three-headed dragon. Some kind of creature. Oh, shit. Dude, that guy looks crazy. Looks like the devil. Yeah. All right, cool. So, what's your impression of that, Will? Um, did you play that game? Um, 
Be honest, dude. Don't be don't be fake and gay. Uh, probably probably not. I I check it out for sure. How come you wouldn't? Just because it's not your style of game, or no, no, I don't know. I just uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) Is there a game you would check out, like, (laughs) or no? I think if I play games, it's like purely for entertainment, and there has to be a high concentration of entertainment, like a multiplayer multiplayer game like a shooter like where i can multiplayer where i can like pick up and like interact and and pvp like instantly and then be done in like 20 minutes and then move on ah so you don't like the time commitment yeah yeah that's the thing yeah yeah yeah, time time commitments and grinding like i i can't i can't do that Dude, we're designing a game with time commitment and grinding as a focal. No, yeah, I know. But that doesn't mean that I wanna I wanna grind. I think I think grinding is like an important aspect of gaming. Yeah, dude, um, alright. I'll do all the grinding for you, dude. <laughs> That's gonna be my job, dude. I'll be grinding. I'll just buy that off of you, dude. That's right. I'll sell you all my minerals, you make the wearables or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You power level your weapons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll for make sure. money, dude. Well, um, money. You can flip it on an open So yeah, just to show that uh, we've been testing on the Rinkaby network these uh, NFTs, and Oscar's been working pretty hard on this stuff. And he's he's also been doing the smart contract payments platform as well as so the smart contracts are going to do a couple of things. So as soon as you pay, you get the NFT, right? And then creators can mint these NFTs. And uh, and then part of the functionality of these NFTs are the, the splits. So all that is is coming like really fast. Um, but then we were thinking about Corona Zombies, and just like Oscar when he built the Block Runner, the game, he built the Block Runner game before he built Metazone. Um, in case yeah. you guys don't know the, the history. And so when he mm-hmm. built the Block Runner game, he realized, wait a minute, there's a couple of things that are missing here from from the overall aspect of Decentraland that makes it difficult to deploy stuff. So it was like, okay, so we need a platform that allows for the distribution of these games because it's just too complicated for the regular person to, you know, go into their, their code base and like add stuff to their land. So then Metazone came. So now he's building this uh, open world RPG on a, you know, on Decentraland. And he's starting to realize, wait a minute, there's some missing things here that we could fix through MetaZone. And so now we're starting to explore 1155 tokens. Uh, but before we get to 1155, we're going we're gonna to get these Meta NFTs out and then the smart contract payments and all that. So it's, this, is a, this is a forward-thinking podcast for now, but there's a lot of aspects that can be solved just thinking about this stuff out loud but uh so we have about 10 more minutes i'm in and i wanted to i wanted to show you this get your reaction so first this this is cool man here's the creator splits 20 percent 10 percent 40 percent for the landowner metazone split and then monthly pool split split mm-hmm. uh, so everything's here um and the most important aspect is you can deploy the block runner game if you have this nft if not it's just not going to deploy so making progress there, but check this out. So this is a, a non-related segue, but one of the things that are pretty frustrating for me yesterday was reading this. So check this out. 
Trump retweeted a video with false COVID-19 claims. One doctor in it has has said demons cause illness. Mm-hmm. And if you go look in here, it says, uh, it turns out Stella Emanuel has a history of making particular outlandish statements indicating or including that the uterine dis- disorder called endometriosis is caused by sex with demons that take place in dreams. And Pretty so, crazy. so a lot of this stuff, uh, so she says a bunch of, a bunch of weird stuff like, uh, hydroxychloroquine is a, is a cure for COVID. Um, she says that demon semen cause causes like illnesses and Trump retweeted it. So what's the mm. big deal here? So one of the things I was thinking about was that, um, these conspiracy theories, there's a lot of them now, especially around coronavirus. You know, Bill Gates is going to create this vaccine, which ultimately injects a chip into you, and now they can track you. Which, that's by the, the way... Mark, that's the mark of the beast, dude. Yeah, but which, by the way, we're already being tracked. I don't know if you've been paying attention to TikTok or Facebook or Google or Alexa. I mean, we're yeah. already being tracked. Yeah, if, they had a big like congressional hearing yesterday about that. Yeah, they I watched some of it. All the tech giants. Yeah, 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 it was interesting. They're like, "What the fuck, guys?" Of course, like, you, you know, too powerful. We listened to Mark Zuckerberg twice talk about cryptocurrencies twice mm-hmm. at this congressional hearing. He came back again, and they're you know they're talking about antitrust issues. They're talking about anti-competitive issues. Um. But ultimately, these CEOs are trained to say the exact same thing, that they're not anti-competing, they're open platforms, blah, 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 and all this nonsense. And what, what, what's sort of frustrating about these congressional hearings is nothing gets accomplished. It's just a bunch of congressmen and women asking a bunch of questions that lead to nothing, and ultimately nothing changes. So I guess I haven't been paying attention long enough to see any change any change outcome by these congressional hearings, but ultimately they, they lead to nothing. Uh, but, but so that's sort of like a, a side side note, mm-hmm. but what I was thinking about these conspiracy theories is it, it, it becomes frustrating to me because I run into a bunch of people asking me about these things and family members and so forth. And what's frustrating about it is that I have to talk about, things that are unrelated to the conspiracy theory to prove that the conspiracy theory is wrong. Like it's a nonsensical thing. And for example, I have to explain physics, chemistry, science, how scientists work, how the science mechanisms work. Um, So these things have absolutely nothing to do with the underlying question of the conspiracy theory, right? Is Bill Gates creating that vaccine? It's like, that's not even the proper question. It's like, why are you afraid of a vaccine with a chip in it when you're already being tracked? Like, why is that your concern now? Well, it's because of that, the, you know, the, the revelation thing, the mark of the beast. You never read that? Uh, I mean, it's just an irrational fear, obviously, from like the, the far right who uh, they've who are correlating it to some type of like a antichrist thing. 
you know, it's supposed to be like end, end okay. time prophecies. Like whenever they're putting the mark of the beast on you, like it's it. That's it. It's GG. So, okay. So in 2020, the mark of the beast is this chip inside your body. Or how, they're, they're speculating on however they're, the, the beast, I guess, which is, I guess, the government or the elites, whoever runs shit is the devil. And they're supposed to mark everybody, you know, with the 666 thing. And I guess that's supposed to be okay, the RFID right. chips that are, you know, they're interpreting it that way. It doesn't make it true, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's where so, the fear comes 100 from. hundred years ago, what's the mark of the beast in that century? A hundred years ago? A hundred years ago. I don't know what was going on back then. Okay, so then what 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 is the mark of the beast a hundred years from now? I don't know. It's like a neural implant. Could be anything that's like but, but on you, your you see person. My point that's is like, that it's always continuously changing. This is a thing yeah. that we're never gonna defeat. Yeah. And and, and uh, I was listening. You should watch this this podcast. I was listening with um um what's his name um. The Star Talk Radio, Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm-hmm. and they had a a podcast specifically on conspiracy theories, and and I agree with what what they're saying is that conspiracy theories is like a psychological way to explain something that's very complicated. Uh, like for example, it is easier to to think of of a conspiracy theory for something that one human couldn't have caused. Like for example. One person got COVID through a bat in whatever way that he got it and spread it throughout the t- entire planet. It's hard for a lot of people to believe that that's even possible just because one man in- in- infected an entire planet. Yeah. And so they're like, well, it can't be that because it has to be the government making, it has to be the Chinese government making this vac- or this uh, virus and spreading it through the water and and just spreading it somehow, like some huge conspiracy theory, that makes more sense to them that that could infect the entire world versus one man getting sick and yeah. doing it. So, so there's a psychological explanation as to why these conspiracy theories exist. And another thing, another reason why they exist is because there's actually real conspiracies like Epstein. Who do you think killed Epstein? Uh, we'll never know. Just some kind of like a hired op. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It could be Trump. It could be. Oh, you mean like who? Yeah. Who called the shot? Yeah. It could easily be Trump, but yeah. I don't think so. But the, but the point is that is a literal provable conspiracy. There's no way this man gets arrested, is put in like a, a holding cell and then commits suicide of, you know, one of the, the biggest, you know, um, like stories of this decade. Mm-hmm. Right, like that—that that is a real conspiracy, right? There are there are real conspiracies. So when so when another one comes up about COVID or vaccines, you know, it, it's good to be skeptical, but it's 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 not good to be so skeptical that it's a, it's a danger to humanity, right? Families like vaccines and and COVID, like should we wear masks or not? And so that that's what was frustrating to me is like I have to explain these things that are wrong to people who don't understand like the underlying scientific method. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> so so yeah, I, I'm just talking about how like you know it's a it's a never ending issue, and and ultimately 
it's very easy to get around this stuff. Like, it's very easy. You just rely on the experts, right? Like, this lady, she's a doctor, but she's saying demon sperm, it, demon, demon sperm is causing, you know, you know, this illness or that illness. Mm-hmm. But that's not the scientific method. It's not to trust scient- a scientist. It's to tr- trust science, uh, the collective, the consensus. And the consensus isn't saying there's demon sperm that's doing this. Right, the yeah. consensus is saying put your mask on when you go to the store. That's what the consensus is saying. All you got to do is trust the consensus. Yeah, I don't think the consensus is believing in that story either, though. You know what I mean? The no, no, I know, but, but but that's the point is that there are people because of psychology, because of real conspiracies, they're 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 believing in this stuff. Yeah, there's gonna be those people. And that's just, that's just anything, dude. It's just that, that's the side effect of the internet. That's all it is. But, internet and media and like dissemination of, of information. There's so much of it that nobody knows which one's is, the reliable source. Anymore. There's a lack of critical thinking. Oh, there's that too. <laughs> and and the reason why there's a lack of critical thinking is because science is like this thing that you learn in, in high school and then it doesn't apply in, in real life. Right? And Which is not true. Science is like the underlying architecture of everything that we know. Mm. Yeah. And, and people don't understand that. Like, and, and so, so I have to go back to like the roots of nature and physics and science and all that to explain that there's no such thing as demon sperm. Well, that's the thing. Not everyone's wired to understand or even contemplate these things. I think that's the problem. The yeah. separation is like your understanding of things and how your brain operates and like, you know, the general population. Like, it's just like, it's a never, there's no solution to this problem. It's just like the human condition, you know? Well, and then on top of that, I mean, our president. Oh yeah. Is, that's the real problem. It's pushing it. <laughs> there is a solution to that problem. Cause that's just one man. The solution is for people to elect the right person you know the uh but then again see the reason why the right people aren't being elected to these high powers high positions of power is because the people are the problem the people don't you know the people don't understand like exactly what you're explaining you know they don't apply this critical thinking method to their lives instead they rely on outside sources for their opinions and their uh, viewpoints you know what i mean yeah it's, i mean it, it's ultimately like there there is, this no, is also like you know this is what contributes to my doomsday beliefs you know what stupid people <laughs> well yeah this is i don't think I don't, I don't see anything that's making it any better dude like at least for our country you know our culture i think it's been on a rapid decline ever since i've been born i haven't seen progress i've only seen degress yeah each generation just continually like disappoints. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Our education system becomes less and less. Uh, it's provably, impact- it's impactful. probably, yeah, it's probably irrelevant uh, now yeah. that uh, COVID sort of forced it, like exposed schools. Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. And then we even, it's even taken to, another level now kids can't even go to school because of covid you know so their education's like literally in the tubes 
So now we have a generation who's going to be way worse off than we were, you know? Yeah. And then, like, it's just more and more problems, dude. To, to top off the fact that we're, you know, a generation that has less, like, like the worst performing education uh, performance, like, we're also, like, the most debted generation ever <laughs> because of this poor quality of education, you know? And by the way, this this uh, this intelligent doctor was talking about demon sperm. She's from Houston. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it makes sense. There's a lot of doctors in Houston, dude. Yeah, there is. There's a shit ton. This See, is like the medical capital. Man, like, I just, I just, I can't do this, man. What do you mean, dude? Just, don't, <laughs> just don't ask me anything about conspiracy theories, man. I just can't do it. Uh... Dude, don't talk to Rick, dude. <laughs> dude, yeah, everyone's into them, dude. They're, they're just fun. They're sexy. Okay, they're they're fun to talk about, but come on. Like, as far as, like, reality, no. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody's nobody cares about what's real, dude. It's just about what's entertaining, what's, you know. I don't know, There's man. more important more, more important people out there to figure out, like, what the truth is, you know? Let them do that. See, but see, that's not what's happening, though. The the armchair quarterbacks out on the Internet and Twitter, they're they're telling everybody not to wear masks because it's against the Constitution. Well, yeah. That's, that's a, again, a cultural problem. <coughs> Just because, like, there's a portion of the population that is so diehard, like, Constitution because it's it's literally part of the propaganda, you know? That, like the Constitution is a sacred document that was created by the greatest of men. That like they're wizards of humanity, right? They can't be wrong about anything, even though this was like this document was forged 300 years ago or more, right? Yeah. It's not like those people were lived in a completely different environment than what we live in. <laughs> like so, this document should be changed. You know, like if you even bring that up to people, like it's like a a non-starter, you know, because it's against this document. So, like, in a way, like, the Constitution has become, like, a religious text, you know? It's blasphemy to bring it up. Yeah. You can't do it. So there's people you can never convince, dude. It's just part of it. And that's also feeds into my doomsday scenarios, dude, because there's so <laughs> much there's so, so much division over this exact thing, dude. And that's, that's partly why you see it, because it's like an attack. This whole mask thing, it's like a left versus right. You know, yeah, you're, and, you're claiming your side essentially. You know, it, it's it's pretty weird because you know I, I keep telling these conspiracy theorists that uh, you know the the scientific consensus isn't pointing to this to this theory, right? So you shouldn't really consider it, take it seriously. Uh, but then you have a doctor or one scientist or one test or one one trial that supports their conspiracy claim. And all of a sudden, they're like, you see a scientist, or you see a doctor, you see, you know, your scientific community is like, it's because they don't understand what the scientific method is. It's like rigorous testing, uh, independent testing, you know, all that stuff. And like, for example, you know, her quote here says, big tech is censoring experts and suppressing the cure uh, for the coronavirus and, and threatened. So she threatened that God will crash Facebook servers for allegedly deleting her page. 
Damn. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, aren't you used to it by now, dude? You're like, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm never used to like this level of inaccurate information. Like, I'm never used to it. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how people can read stuff like this and think like, oh, you know what? Holy shit, there are demons. Holy (laughs) shit, there are demons. Because his doctor confirmed it. Yeah. How come demon is highlighted in demon sperm and it's also highlighted in demonstrably? (laughs) (laughs) Because I I searched for demon... (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, why are you highlighting like every demon in this article, dude? What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about this other than I told you so, dude. Like, it's it's all coming down, Will. The sooner you realize that and the but, sooner you buy some chickens, nah, like, I, the better I, off you are, dude. I, I disagree, dude. <laughs> I don't think it's all coming down. I think... Uh, I think... I think we're we're, we're due for a reset event is what i'm saying when well, i mean i say it's all coming down that's what i mean well the pandemic would, would reset that oh dude this ain't shit dude trust me <laughs> this ain't nothing we haven't seen nothing yet dude trust me okay well on that happy note thank you guys for listening yeah this has been the block runner podcast uh make sure you follow us on twitter at the block runner and metazone io join our discord if you have any comments about our NFT talk or conspiracy theories, um, just ask us questions about NFTs instead of conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just jibber-jabber. The yeah. real important news is NFTs are coming. Yeah. We're finally working on it. Like we, it's, it's getting pieced together as we speak. You know, I think it's going to be huge. In fact... You guys have told us it's going to be huge, so I know it's going to be huge. This is what everyone's been waiting for, right? Yeah, for sure. And we talk about it all. We talk about it. We just talked about it today. Like that's what drives everything. Is like the NFTs in these games in the metaverse, you know. So it makes sense that these creators are waiting for it. The landowners are waiting for it. Who knows what opportunities will present once it's actually live? Yes. You know? Yes. We'll see. Yeah, and give us your thoughts on ERC-1155 tokens. So we'd like to hear more and and see what the community thinks about it. Totally. So thank you, and we'll see you next week. All right, guys. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter, at TheBlockRunner.